Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Solero Commerce. You know the name, you know the drill. They've been with us since the very beginning, and they got some great new technology coming through. So if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us, and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the Black Flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets it. If they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good uh, all right boys and girls that was a solid crack that, that was, was that was <laughs> that was good uh i want to so, cut that <laughs> we we are back in the solero commerce compound this is going to be episode 105 right of the black flag podcast as always i'm charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii across the table for me is brad sauce here that's at b sauce 96 together we are at black flag pod on all things social media that's a facebook account that's on twitter that's on instagram most importantly though that is on the patreon app so if you don't have it yet head on over to the google play store or the apple fucking store whatever it is download patreon look up black flag podcast where you're going to get exclusive content uh 20% off all merchandise items and uh just a all-around good way to get a hold of us and chat with us and see what we can do uh, uh to interact with our fans now this is going to be a good show. We've had quite the weekend. Now, I'm going to tell you before I introduce you, you're going to need to make out with the mic a little bit. All right. And you're, so you're going to want to do one yep. of those. I'll get close and, with uh, it. Whatever you hear in the headphones doesn't necessarily show up on the, the audio program. Okay. So to my right, Bradley's left, we have the driver of the number three old blue modified. That is going to be Matt Swanson out of Acton, Massachusetts. What's up, pal? Oh, nothing much. Nothing you know, much. That's a lie because you've been here for two fucking days now. Yeah, now I understand, uh, you know, how you guys work after hanging out with you guys for a full weekend. <laughs> how we operate. Now, what, what, what do you mean by that exactly? You guys know how to uh, have a good time. <laughs> I've had a great time. I've had, I've Until had... right now when the lights turned on because my the frontal lobe has its own pulse. <laughs> and I don't know if that's supposed to be a thing. I've had worse times for sure. So... Remember when we were sober? No. Um, <laughs> so so you made the trek up from Massachusetts, right? You brought a gaggle of humans with you, um, and then we, we've just had nothing but a good time. We we ended up watching nascar before they showed up, though, right? Yep. And then... We bought a Beyblades arena. We have, Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we now own a Beyblades <laughs> Wait, arena. where is it? Uh, it's behind you. <laughs> All right, got to yeah. fire that up. Trent's going to be we, fucking letting her eat over there. <laughs> we, had, we had several people in the basement that were uh, are of age. Uh, well, not all of us. And we could not figure out how to get them to work. These are children's toys. It says, like, I think seven and up on the box. Couldn't yeah. figure it out. Um, so uh, that being said, like I said, we've had a good time. We've, we've had a lot of stuff. But more importantly, you are on the show. Uh, for those that don't know, who the hell is Matt Swanson? Where, uh, where do you come from? Well, it all started really my racing side of things um my dad used to race bush north um started in street stocks at usa speedway um and then started running the bush north deal he did that during the 90s um number 25 new england pontiac dealer's car um and then shortly after that he started owning pro stocks and super late models he had guys like louis mechelitas drive for him uh gg gravel uh just to name a few and you know he worked with guys like jay cushman so 
Um, you know, he was in the racing world. And then once I turned eight, he pretty much said, you want to go racing? Like, what do you want to do? Um, and so we got a quarter midget and it's where it all started. And it's progressed from there, ran some dirt stuff over the years, but, uh, you know, found my home and tore modifieds. So, so mainly an open wheel guy. Yeah. Sounds like from the beginning, if you were in a quarter midget, right? Yeah, no, I've, I've been an open wheel guy the whole time. Um, I ran for Dale Shaw, um, and DJ Shaw, I ran their 49 super late model on the past series, um, for a year. And then my father and I actually built a distance car brand new, never raced it. Um, because I got the ride in old blue. Um, so I never got to have my own fender car, but other than that, it's been all open wheel stuff. Are you one of those weird, uh, open wheel guys that has like a problem with fenders or is it just kind of where you ended up? It, it's really just where I ended up. Um, my dad honestly wanted to go that route when he was racing and it was during kind of like a bad time for modifieds. A lot of people were getting hurt. Um, just things were happening where it, it didn't work out to where he ended up racing them. And, you know, when, um, you know, he noticed the quarter midget deal going on, he pretty much was like, all right, we're going to start here and figure out where it goes. So where does that start? Where do you start racing a quarter midget? Um, so I started at little T speedway in Thompson, Connecticut, Okay. Yep. um, right next to the speedway on the same property. And then, um, there was another place over in Meriden, Connecticut called silver city. And it was like a, a regional deal. So, you would go to Silver City on Saturdays and then go to Thompson on Sundays and run for regional points. Um, we used to go to a race every year called the Grands. You know, seven, 800 cars would show up to this all over the country um, and pretty much just... 700 quarter midgets? Yeah. That was, like, fuck. that was like a light year. There were years we went, there were 900 cars. You know, it was like the Chili Bowl for quarter midgets is the easiest way to put it. Um, so it kind of gave me that like competitive edge, um, doing that from the start because there was never really a quarter midget race. We really went to where it was like, all right, we're just going to go out there and completely dick stomp the field. Like we were racing against, um, like names that people would know, like Harrison Burton, Carson Hosevar, Cooper hockey puck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it just to name a few, um, and like, it's cool now seeing, we all started in the same place, but we've all gone our separate ways. And, um, fortunately enough, a lot of them have been successful. Um, and you know, we're still doing it. So that's a good thing. So how old were you when you, we first got this? Um, I was actually seven years old when I got my first quarter midget. And how old are you now? I'm 21 now, just turned 21 recently. So, um, yeah, that was kind of our deal, actually. We kind of discussed <laughs> yeah. this. I was not going to be on the show until I was 21, and now I have to drive home in like two hours, so I can't even crack a beer with you guys. But Yeah, we were supposed to record this last night, <laughs> yeah. but one thing led to another, and yeah. now my frontal lobe has a pulse. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I actually got my first car at 7, and then like my deal with my dad was I had to go to Thompson every week and just sit in the grandstands and watch. That way we didn't go there and have like – the situation we show up i don't know where to go i don't know what i'm doing i look like a fool so um he wanted if we were gonna do it we were gonna do it right um so we made sure that you know we went there for a year um we practiced on days that we could um you know i did like the rookie training that they make you do for quarter midgets and all that and then uh we started doing it in 08 
So, so you, you, we, you, we start off in a quarter midget, right? Yep. And now we fast forward 14, 15 years or whatever, and you're driving literally one of the most famous modifieds to ever grace open wheel <laughs> racing. So take us on that journey. How the, how the fuck do you go from being John Swanson's kid, whom you can still eBay, by the way? Yes. You can literally eBay yes. your father's name. Yep. It, that's wild. I that's, still, it still throws me off a little bit that you had the time to eBay him oh, while dude, you were having a conversation d- with him. Dude, it's one thing to, it's one thing to <laughs> Google yourself, right? It's another thing to be able to eBay yourself, and there's still there's still John Swanson merchandise out there right oh, now. Oh yeah, I, I, I have some. I, I keep trying to hook or, or hit him up on uh, uh, like one of those those truck and tractor deals, yeah. and he keeps well, fucking blowing me just off. Just saying, but it's fine. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with my father, all my I don't want to touch your father. Not no. in touch, just no. Like, I don't want to touch in him either. Uh, <laughs> you do you. Pal, what do you say? <laughs> if what, you kind want, of, what part of mass are you from again? <laughs> not me. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> no, but if you want to have a conversation with my father, nine times out of ten, he's on my social media because yeah. he just likes to be me on social media, and because I hate social media, and uh, you know he gets the job done on social media. He that, that that man loves a story. Oh yes, loves a story. He, yes, he does. I, I remember when I, I brought up the eBay fact. I, I think I could actually see his head get bigger uh, throughout the conversation. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I love that man, Swan that, Johnson. Swan Johnson has <laughs> been around the racing world. He like he started off just traveling across the country with um, a guy named Boston Louis Seymour, um, one of the most famous USAC car owners, um, and he came right out of uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts, and just. Like, he's been in racing since he could. Um, you know, he didn't grow... Like, my grandfather was a drag racer, but it wasn't like... Racing wasn't what we did back then. Um, and, you know, my dad just took it to the next level to where, like, racing is our lives. And um, But anyways, to get back to your question on how we get to where we are now, um, I ran the quarter midget stuff um, from 2008 to 2002. 11 full-time that's all i did um in 2012 like me and my dad said we're just gonna go to the biggest races in the country like we went to las vegas we went to michigan we went we went all over the place just running national events and um you know that's where it kind of like that drive of just wanting to be the best was kind of the fire was getting lit under my ass and um, in 2012, we actually went to a quarter midget race at Little T. It was a national event, and this guy by the name of Marco Turcott, um, who my dad had known through uh, Louis Mechelidis, just over the years um, had known Marco, actually walked up to myself and my father and said, hey, I want your kid to drive my modified. My dad's like, what? Like, Excuse me? He's 12 years old. He doesn't even – he doesn't even know how to use a clutch like this isn't something you do and um he's like no i'm dead serious i want your kid to drive my modified and so so what's what car is this what car does this look like so this was my my first modified was a black and candy apple red 16 which later turned into a black 40 um which then turned into one of my wheel modified tour cars when i had my family program going but um but anyways back to the we kind of just were like you know this guy's nuts like this ain't happening like he's saying he wants me to drive it but one who on earth is gonna let a 12 year old run a modified um and second like that's just not something you do so we kind of left it um we actually 
bought purchased a uh, Nema light from Matt and Bobby Seymour, um, and we kind of took 2012 when we were at home, and we just practiced at Waterford Speed Bowl every week because we had gotten granted permission to run the Nema light series in 2013. Um, so this is where it gets a little confusing. Um, so we had the Nema midget, and we were practicing at Waterford every week, and somehow. I don't know if it had something to do with my age. Like, they didn't know how old I actually was, and they just never asked. <laughs> but right before the season started in 2013, they were like, no, we're not letting a 13-year-old race with us. Like, it's just not happening. So my dad's like, okay, we just spent a whole season. I bought a car. Like, we practiced this, that, and the other thing. Like, we spent all this time, and we were so ready to go midget racing. And then somehow we met up with marco again um and he called my dad one day and he's like hey i'm on my way to your shop with the modified my dad's like wait you were serious like you're bringing your he's like yeah i'm on my way to your shop i have the car in the trailer i'll be there in an hour hour went by unloaded a tour modified into my shop and uh you know we took our time putting it together because you know there was a lot to kind of get in place before we actually started um, first we had to find a racetrack that would even consider letting me race. Um, and then just getting the car ready. I was this tall. Yeah. So we had to put a, the bracket behind the seat was a foot long. <laughs> they had to put another head bar in this thing. Like it was, it was built for a midget. Yeah. Um, so we came to an agreement with the Weber family, Bob Weber senior, um, that if we went to star and practice the whole first half of 2013, they were going to kind of like send people to watch and make sure I wasn't like a hazard. And if we did that, then the second half of the year we could go racing at star. So, um, second half of the year, we started racing at star, just kind of, we didn't really race. We rode around in the back, started last every week and just picked our way through the field. If we could, um, you know, stayed out of trouble and then, um, we knew that 2014, we were going to stay in the same direction. So we, uh, kind of rebuilt everything, made sure everything was top of the line and then went to star in 2014 and won two or three races at star, won the championship, started running tri-track really kind of fortunate enough, turned some heads in tri-track and had some good runs. Um, the finishes really won't show for it, but we, you know, we, we did better than we should have, I think. Um, and then, so we were kind of at the end of the 2014 season, um, we didn't really have a plan set in stone, but my car owner, Marco got, um, diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so shortly after the championship banquet, he unfortunately passed away. Um, so we didn't really know, like we had no real plans set in stone, what we were going to do. Um, and Ken Barry, a guy from Southern Connecticut, um, who owns Spafco race chassis. He actually built the car I was running at star. Um, he wanted to go racing at Stafford. Um, he, but it was like, okay, the kid's been in a tour car for two years. What's he going to race at Stafford? Cause he's not old enough. Um, so Stafford actually made me run a crate motor car. So I went from a car with 600 horsepower to a car with like Wow, Four hundred, yeah. um, like a bone stock crate motor, and it was like the most 
boring thing. Um, you know, we won a race at Stafford, finished in the top three almost every week. Like, we were real competitive. Um, well, during that time, my father actually had Kenny start on a brand-new NASCAR modified. Um, so we got in a tangle at um, Stafford halfway through the year, and we were kind of, like, sick of crate racing. Um, you know what that's all oh, about. Yeah. And uh, it was like we didn't really know what we were going to do, so we're like, we're, I'm old enough to run the wheel modified tour at this point, but I can't run an SK at Stafford. So we just kind of, we put the car, tour car together and we started wheel modified tour racing. We've been there ever since. <laughs> yep. So, so you, you, you went from driving kind of your own stuff, right? And yeah. Working with Spafco and all that. Now, how, how, where does the, does it like, cause you end up in old blue. Yeah. Is that a phone call? Is that a, in the pits thing or how, do, how does that come about? Because that's, that's cool as shit. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't suck. It was really a little of both. So I had my family operation going from 2015 to 2018. Um, you know, we showed real good speed at some places, but other places we struggled. And it's just because we didn't have the high dollar resources that what we were racing against had. Um, and so <laughs> in 2018, we were, we had Starrett Tools sponsoring us, and they actually sponsored a race at Stafford, the Starrett 150. Um, and I went there and we actually ended up blowing up in practice and Rowan Pennick, who was currently driving the three car, um, his wife had a baby on the way and they didn't know, like she was past her due date. It was any day. Now this was going to happen. So when we blew up at Stafford, we were kind of doing whatever we could to try and find me like a car just to drive. Cause our sponsor was the sponsor of the race. Um, but unfortunately we didn't while the three guys walking by, they were joking and they go, Hey, tell Matt to leave his stuff on. If R Rowan's dad gets the call, we'll do what we need to do to get a yellow here. We'll come in, do a driver swap and send Matt out there. Um, like just joking. Right. I took it with a grain of salt. Um, so we spent that whole week, you know, long hours, didn't sleep some nights, getting the car ready to go to Thompson. Um, and I actually like, I kid you not. I, just closed my trailer door. I put the lock on the door and my phone rang. I look, it's my dad. I figure, oh, he's just calling to say, hey, is the car done? Can I come get the trailer? Well, I pick up the phone. He's like, hey, is the car done yet? I said, just close the trailer door. He's like, all right, well, I hate to, you might be a little mad when I tell you this because you've spent a lot of time here, but the three guys just called Rowan's baby's on the way. You're in tomorrow if you want it. And I'm like, I just did a lot here. Let me give you a call back. Like, I know it sounds stupid that I didn't just say, like, yeah, we're going for it. Um, but, no, I thought about it for probably a half an hour. And then I called him back. I'm like, call him back. We're racing. So I ended up going to the three shop the day of Thompson and never been there before, never sat in this thing, went there, got fit in the car. We actually had to rescale the whole car because Rowan's quite a bit bigger than I am. Um, and then went to Thompson and finished second. And um, It was kind of, at that time, it was a one-race deal. I was just filling in. The family car was coming back out, our next planned race, and that was it. Um, and then we went down to Bristol. I didn't race. Rowan ran the three car. I went down to actually help a friend of mine. Um, and then Rowan actually had had back problems 
multiple years. Had a flip up at Thunder Road. Um, a lot of big wrecks, and he actually had some herniated discs in his back. And he went to Bristol, and his back just, that was it. And he said, I'm not going to run the next race, which was Oswego, which I still was not planning to go to with my family car. So they called and said, all right, Matt, you're back in for Oswego. I was like, sweet. Went out there, finished sixth. You know, we were contending all night. Well, we had gotten back from Oswego, and we were debriefing the car, just scaling it, checking all the numbers. And I look on my phone, and it says Rowan Pennock to retire from Modifieds. I'm like, Greg, my crew chief, Greg. I go, Greg, you see this? And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Rowan just retired. <laughs> and he's like, oh. So they you know, took a week and they called back and they said, well, the ride's yours for the rest of the year. So that's where that started. And unfortunately, just I didn't think I was going to have the ride in 2019 because we struggled. We went to Riverhead, crashed. Went to Stafford, crashed. Went to Loudon, crashed. I I made myself look like a real big idiot real quick. <laughs> Good like, save. Good save there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I went from being running up front, finishing second, finished sixth, and then I can't even make it past lap 60. And I'm like, wow, I really just humbled myself real quick here. Um, so we had discussions after the season was over and they're like, no, we still want Matt to drive. We don't like, you know, we've proven we can contend. So that's really where that started. And it's just carried on from there. So my, my biggest thing with the modifieds is that you have quite the spectrum in terms of not quality, but maybe budgets, maybe quality too, but just this, the spectrum from like the top guys to the very bottom guys is huge. Yeah. It's very, very big. Yeah. Now, you, you have guys like Bonsignor and these other guys. It, they're basically cup teams with modifieds, which is great. That's yeah. that's fine. You need that. Yeah. But, you know, I think people look at the three car, look at the history of it, and think that maybe they're on that same level. But then, you know, you know firsthand. What, what's your first impression when you walk into the shop? Did you have like any, any pre notions to that? Or did you just walk and be like, whoa, what's going on here? I, because it's very much not that the case with them. I really had no idea. Um, I knew the Penics, you know, the Mark and Rowan Penick, they did what it took. They spent the money where they needed to spend the money um, to make sure that team was good. And they they put the bowlers in a very good position um, to where, you know, if something like that ever did happen with Rowan, they were going to be okay no matter what, whether they started renting the cars out or they found someone like myself to drive it um and you know that's really why we i think are where we are today because mark and rowan they you know they treated those guys like you know royalty down there um and you know it even the same way with gary casella like rowan used to run for gary casella you know those guys mark and rowan were racers they they did what it took they didn't spend too much money um you know, to show up with a big fancy hauler. I mean, hell, we used to show up with a box truck um, just until recently to the racetrack, and, you know, everyone would be like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, the big stackers, they're cool, but, like, when you're rolling in in an old international box <laughs> truck, things smoking everywhere, like, there's nothing better than that to me. And, you know, it just – my guys down at the shop, they're so, like, just cutthroat racers. Like, they're – die hard modified racers and but, they have been since 
they grew up because they grew up with that race car. Um, so, you know, it's like from where my standpoint is like everyone on the tour now has the same stuff except for us. Like, yeah, because they're not fast, they have nice stuff. Like it, it, it takes a lot to be able to be on the wheel and modified tour. Um, you know, and like you say, you walk through the pit area, everyone has a stacker, right? Everyone has 15 crew guys. Um, just like the curb appeal when you walk through a tour pit area is like, whoa. And then you get to the three car and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> and like, you know, paint falling off the car, right. paint chips, like it, it from the outside, it's like, oh my God, how is this thing fast? But when you look at it mechanically, it's like, this thing's sick. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, the, we take care of the stuff that needs to get taken care of. Um, you know, and kind of worry about the looks and all that good stuff. We don't really worry about that stuff. We kind of just let that so, stay where it is. So what are some of the other things that people might not realize about the three team? Like it's, it's a complete family affair. Is it not? Like yes. there, there's literally some, there's a couple full time. That's what they do is work on the three car. Correct. Yeah. So my crew chief, Greg, he, that's his full time job. He works at the shop. Um, you know, he's there every day. Um, he does a lot of the machine work. We build all our, all of our own chassis at the shop. Um, like all those cars are built in East Freetown, Massachusetts. Um, they pretty much do everything on those race cars besides rebuild the motors. Um, I mean, like build the ma- se- make the wheels in the seat, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's funny because Mr. Panic, Mark, uh, Rowan's father, actually owns independent racing wheels, oh, so they okay. had their own wheels. <laughs> yeah. Like they had all the stuff to make the wheels if they wanted to, um, you know, they don't build the seats, they don't steering wheel, like stupid right. stuff like that. But you know, chassis, um, we built our own spindles up until a recent time. They do all their own rear ends, transmissions, um, everything that can be built with either a Bridgeport, a lathe and a bandsaw and a Megan, a TIG welder, it gets done there. That's crazy. That's that's that shit's cool to me. That's that pretty much that's the easiest way to describe it. Like if you can make it with a a Bridgeport, a lathe, you know, that stuff, it's it, built. It's gonna get done, yeah. That see, that's cool as shit to me. Like that just shows like the actual you know, how much passion that those guys actually have just to go to the racetrack, right? And they're, yeah. they're probably not rolling around in big houses or anything like that. No. You know what I mean? Like they just they just want to go racing and that no. that shit's cool to me. That yeah. they just want to be at the racetrack. And yeah, their favorite thing to do is be at the racetrack. You know they've kind of made me realize how fun racing can be. Um when you're doing it with people that, you know, love it as much as you do. Um and like you know everywhere we go we bring campers you know we have the grill out we cook out we have a good time and all our families get along so that makes it that much better um you know and then we meet guys like you guys and you know you guys come out and hang out with us when you can and i see you rolling your eyes over there bradford (laughs) dude i just i'm i'm trying to make sure i'm not having a stroke i currently (laughs) sit here for being honest (laughs) like i've just been like looking at the tv i was fine then the lights turned on and like jesus christ do we (laughs) do we need to dim them for you (laughs) yeah i think i actually think so because like my left eye i don't know i don't know what's going on but is my face droopy <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, do, your, do your hands work? Can you feel your feet? Um, I haven't, I haven't felt feelings in at least twenty four hours. So. Not even oh, the one, years. Not even your one feeling that you have. 
What, just cunty? cunty? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was rude. <laughs> well, was I wrong? No, but you didn't have to well, say exactly. it faster than I could say no, it. <laughs> no, I think that the coolest thing about, you know, the fact that you're even here today is that the entire relationship has been super organic. Yeah. Like, it, it's been, it, hey, your show doesn't suck. Like, oh, you, you probably don't suck either. <laughs> and then we go to White Mountain. We cause a scene. And then we, we, we end up at the camping lot. And now we're all pals. I don't know if anyone realizes that we really didn't know a Matt Swanson. No. Before that, and even before that video, like we knew no. of him, we like talk maybe on social media every once yeah. in a while. Saw each other. Well, we maybe went to once. we went to Stafford that one time, right? Well, that was after. that was after. If right? I remember right, it was Star. You went to Star, Brad, and Charlie. I do not believe you. I think you were I think racing. I was racing yeah. It was the SBM one twenty five <laughs> this past year, and I had just listened to the show for my first time I ever listened to it. My dad actually showed it to me. My dad's a big podcast guy. All the guy does is drive around and listen to podcasts when he's not at work. But um, no, so I had met you at Star. You actually came over and brought a T-shirt because someone in your race pool had me. You gave me a T-shirt because we were talking about the show. And then I think White Mountain was the following week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I kept texting you guys. I'm like, get me stickers, get yeah. me stickers. Well, you bring me stickers the day of a race. How can I put them on? On the car. That's, Care- carefully. that's bad juju. Uh, uh, Appar- the, apparently it's, the it's only, not. You're the only person I've ever heard say that. And it actually worked out quite well. Yeah. So. All right. I might have had to take that statement back after the fact. <laughs> like, we didn't win, but not, we were pretty damn close. But, um, no. So, that I think that's where it all it all started at Star. And it just. we were okay. After White Mountain, we were literally in the parking lot getting ready to leave. And I think Matt messaged me on on yeah. Facebook and was just like, hey, come out back to the camper lot. And we had, we had literally taken a right to go leave the parking lot. I didn't I know like, that no, that part go. even existed. That no, camping I did lot not there. either. I didn't know that yeah. that was even there. I had no, nope. couldn't have told you that. Because the first White Mountain show, I didn't even bring my camper because we were racing at Monadnock, I think. I just left it at Monadnock and drove up to White Mountain because we were running two different races, two different days. Um, but no, so I pull in that place. I'm like, holy shit. It's like a different world back here. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. Yeah, it, was, it was its own little, like you said, it was its own little world back there. It was wild. Um, but that's, we were actually with Kristen and Smitty, if you remember it too. Yeah. yeah. And we, we kept saying, everybody's like, oh, who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? Like, oh, well, I don't know. The three, Matt Swanson. And Smitty looked at me. He's like, is he related to John Swanson? Yeah. I was like, Smitty is an OG. I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. Fucking maybe. Why? He's like, well, you know, John Swanson raced like the Bush North series and Smitty is like, he, well, he's old and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he loves, he loves the old Bush North, you know, stories and all that stuff. And he's like, you know, I'm pretty sure he's related to John Swanson. I was like, I don't fucking know who you're talking about, pal. I really don't. And then we go out back and he's 40 something and he was fangirling he's like oh my god that's john swanson that's yeah john we swanson. smitty was yeah. attached to the my father's hip yeah. and my dad just kept going uh you want a drink you want something yeah. like, <laughs> you need something buddy and <laughs> smitty's just like ask some question and i'm like oh all right <laughs> well dad have a good night yeah. i'm going to bed <laughs> oh they were they were perfect for each other they they had a great yeah. time uh then, then we ended up just partying and having a great time and then we ended up at was it the, the next week or the week after we were at Stafford? Or was it a while after? It was a while. It was, was it? strange, though, because, like, as soon as White Mountain happened, like, it was every week you guys were, I think, were at a modified show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Regardless yeah. whether it was just Brad, Charlie, both of you, whatever. Well, it, it was, like, the second COVID hit. So, like, everything's canceled. Yeah. I don't know if I'm racing. There's no schedule out. I, I don't know what I'm doing. 
and Bradley's doing Bradley things. So I'm like, yeah, let's just fucking go to all the races. Let's do let's <laughs> just a traveling just, fucking circus. Let's yeah. do what we <laughs> that's do. What yeah. it is. And yeah. that's that's kind of where everything kind of took off was, you know, getting getting hooked up with all the, the Modiford people. And then we, we meet up with you at Stafford and we have a good time. And yeah. Then, once we got you, once oh, we got you guys to Connecticut, oof, there was no dude, turning back. The modified people. The Connecticut blow up was they big. They can stay. That was yeah, big. Yeah. They can stay. Yeah. That's where They're we good got, people. That's where we got introduced to Scene Foster and Simon oh, Sack. Dude. And uh, Daniel Eugene. And we woke Sam Seen Anderson, Foster up today, actually. All the Fullers and Justin Williams. Yeah, and we're just no, like, holy it's... fuck, there's more of us out here in the wild. It's, See, it was incredible. Like, up here, like, what I've noticed over the years, like, this is pro stock country. So, yes. like, you have your past Super Late models. You have that stuff. And then you go to, the, like, Mass, Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire. Like, that's modified country. Like, you go there, and it's all just die hard modified people so when like you guys started coming down i think like when we were at uh white mountain like the crowd of people wasn't as big because you know with the tour you can watch it on tv so all the connecticut people unless they're working on a car chances are they're not coming up to white mountain motorsports park and which they should which sucks because that place place is is gorgeous i fucking love i love that racetrack and like we came up there to test and i like instantly fell in love with it that's yeah. a hike for us and that yeah. and we're, we're like three hours from stafford uh, i will go every time i have a chance yeah i fucking love white mountain yeah. so much so like when you guys got to come down to connecticut that was like the group of people that we always hang out with yeah. and we always get like a big group of campers and i was gonna say you guys you guys set it up to where you have just a big circle of campers yeah and then the the you basically have your own infield there, and everybody hoots and hollers and parties and throws beanbags and yeah. And we've never gone, we've never gone to one of these big shows and not hung out with that group of people. Yeah, yeah. since White since, Mountain. Yeah. And wait till you guys see a Sizzler or a Fall Final or a World Series when COVID isn't a thing. It is insane. I don't know how much more we can do uh, at Thompson for the World Series if COVID's not a thing because I almost literally lost my life. <laughs> I still question why you knew where my camper was and you still decided to sleep under a table. I, I left your camper to walk across, like, as far as the eye can see to the camper that I was supposed to stay in. Got all the way there. Was like, ah, shit. Like, I don't want to walk in and wake everyone up because the dogs are going to go nuts if I open the door. So I was like, I'll sleep in my truck. His truck dog's also a potato with legs. I don't think he's going to freak out at you. No, I'm not talking about his. We, we like your dog. I'm not talking not about his dog. He's no, he's, he's, he might be listening, you know? He's no guard dog. That's all I'm saying. He's just no guard dog. My guy's got feelings. We love your dog. I was talking about, I was talking about, uh, Joe and Nicole's dogs. Oh, them, them yeah. things Those were causes. Yeah. <laughs> They're real mouthy. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to wake everyone up. People had shit to do. There was race cars that needed to be worked on early. I had nothing to do other than drink the next morning. So I'm like, I'll just friggin' sleep underneath this table. We, we got to get all you guys up to one of our deals. Like we oh, got, yeah, we, we got to get that whole crowd like to the 250. Yeah, or, like something like that where we're just gonna like intermingle all of our groups of friends at, at, at races pal the the beachridge wheelin modified tour race yeah, could not be more circled on the calendar yeah and the mrs Unreal. race as well yeah. mrs race as well those are gonna be two badass we, races we i, I want to race that fucking race I want to. I want to do modified things. I want to do modified things at Beechridge. I think we might have to get you to Wiscasset. <laughs> That's whatever. I'll do I that. mean, Wiscasset and modified. I have at MR in an MRS yeah. race. That Ooh. I bet you that'd Dude. be pretty quick. It would. Be, it's fast in my car, and yeah. that my car is basically a glorified street stop. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we live five minutes from Beechridge, and it's going to be 
uh, we're gonna stay there. I would I would have a perpetual boner for the rest of my life if I got to do modified things at Beach Ridge. Well, I'm I'm all in on the yeah. Wisconsin. No, I'm yeah, all in on. We're that. working on it. For but uh, I'm all in. I, I I would love to do the Beach Ridge deal. You're supposed to call and contact someone if that lasts longer than six hours. Oh, hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll get you the Uh-oh. number. <laughs> I don't know about like extends or anything. I've never dabbled in gas station supplements, yeah. but five hours that? and forty-five what? minutes. You should have what? the doctor. Doctor cued. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. What is it? Speed the, dial. The, the extends. The it's the girth is all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, know, you were laying on the couch there with your neck all <laughs> fucked up, and we, we talked about doing extends. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, his cock didn't grow at all, but he got like six inches taller. And <laughs> no. Bre- well, we need to take a minute and let the people know that Brad's chest to his neck was a ninety degree oh, angle. Yeah. Mind you, it was comfy. Mind you, this is this is today, this morning, Sunday, after we did uh, breakfast things or brunch yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yep. And then everybody kind of came back to Great the compound. Great place, by the way. Everybody oh, yeah. came back to the compound here and just kind of died for a little while. And I come down to the basement, and Brad is literally tits up with his neck in a ninety degree angle, stuffed in like the couch. I'm like, I think Brad's dead. I checked like, for a pulse. It was okay. I, I said at one point my neck hurt, and everyone was like, uh, "Yeah, we can, we can <laughs> I, see that. I can imagine." Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, then something so, about the girth. Yeah, some, something about extends, and then you're like, well, yeah, no, the girth think, doesn't go to all to the cock or something like that." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had too much going down there, so it went to your neck. It, yeah, it, the conversation got way out of hand. Oh, like fucking that Bobby Lashley our, or something. That seems like to be our John Cena just getting out of hand. Oh yeah, way too quick and on accident. Yep. Almost every time. Yeah, yeah. It, Wait, I mean, we caused a scene we were, at breakfast like, this morning. I think. Yeah, I just Allegedly. I had my head like under the table because I don't like causing scenes. I'm like, I- I'm just here. That was mild, pal. That he had mild. he had his mask on above his eyes and everything. <laughs> no one was gonna know who he was. <laughs> well, we were well, so- I hope. No offense, but I don't think anyone in Scarborough, Maine, has been to like a modified tour race besides you guys. I feel like that's definitely probably not. No? Accurate at all. A lot of people from Scarborough? <clears throat> yeah, big, big tour mod guys. It says right on the sign as you enter the town, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look on my way back. <laughs> home, <laughs> home of the tour mod guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we were actually we were supposed to record this show yesterday, and um, it, it, we we just... I don't even know. What did we well, do? Well, we can talk How did, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Me, Brad, and some other people came back to the <laughs> the compound. The compound here, and we just whatever we watched TVs. a gaggle of. Never mind, I can't even say that word. <laughs> yeah. No, we, just, we came back here. A and gaggle watched... of really big idiots, as, yeah. as you say. There you go. That's what you're looking for. Might get canceled, but um... really big idiots. We can't say that now. No, really big idiots. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I need to like. I'm coming up here every week now because I need to keep you two like in check. Apparently, why? Yeah. Well, like the first part of the We're show, was, I was literally fighting for my life. And you kept talking, and I'm like, "Do you, do you want to be the other host on the podcast? Because like I'll just do what I was just doing." It Listen, I love racing. That's why I like like this show so much, and that's why I appreciate like what you guys do so much. Because like when we first met, you guys were telling me. Brad, <laughs> just getting prepared for we're, the stroke set. We're, we're, <laughs> the table is not on the ground. We're about to get a real good ball lapping here, I think, and I can't wait for it. No, yeah. but hey, so like, like <laughs> caught me you're, off sitting, you're sitting in between both of us. You can cup yeah. us if you'd like. We have yeah. three. Is this? Can Mike? you juggle? You're, you're about, <laughs> there's six between the two of us. You're, you're about to go. <laughs> oh my god! Does uh, this mic have Bluetooth? Can I like go over there? <laughs> you're about to go skiing, pal. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but anyways, so when I like first met you guys, I listened to the show. Like you guys are cutthroat racers. Like you guys get it. Charlie, obviously, because you actually race, and Brad, just because I'm just a drunk bumbling idiot. <laughs> no, but, but but you're our drunk bumbling. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, we love you, buddy. Uh, I love you too. But no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the C's done for the day. <laughs> no, but I might cry too. <laughs> That was so nice. <laughs> Let the man speak. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, but like, and you guys, like, you get it. You woke up at whatever, four in the morning to come to Riverhead, got on the boat. Like, you guys get it. You want the experience of going to the racetrack. You guys don't just go to the racetrack to just sit in the grandstands, watch a race, not even have anyone to cheer for, and then you just get back in your car and leave. And that's kind of like the thing I feel like short track racing nowadays is missing. Like, you don't have the people that are going to show up to a one-day show with their camper, you know, make a weekend out of it, and then, you know, have the production value at the racetrack to where someone's going to sit in the stands, and if the race isn't good, they're not going to be like, oh, Jesus, that was sick. I'm coming back next week. Whereas, like, if, you know, you put a little bit more production value into it, and a lot of, like, Stafford is doing an excellent job of that right now. Oh, easily. Like, when you go to Stafford, you know, okay, I'm going to the show. Like, yep. you walk through the gate, and it's a party atmosphere, whether it's a Friday night or a weekend show. But the the, the thing that I love about it, too, though, is that we, we, we've we talked about this. We And it, it's not even our phrase. It was Mamba Smith. But we want to bring game day to the racetrack. Exactly. That's what we want. And in racing, you know, there's not very many sports where you can just go up to the gate and, and get a pit pass. You know exactly. what I mean? Where you can't go to an NHL game and get a locker room pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't go sit in the yeah. dugout at a, at a Red Sox game. You, I mean, you, you really can't do that stuff with other sports. And this, you literally just pay an extra 10, 20 bucks, whatever it is, yeah. go through the pits. You're literally right next to the trailers, the cars. You can talk to people, meet people. And to me, life is all about an experience where – if, if you're going to do something, do it right. Exactly. Like, why would you go and just sit in the stands, like you said, and, and not cheer for anybody and leave? Th- those are the people that are like, oh, racing's boring. This is fucking stupid, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. like, and unfortunately- it's like you don't even know what's going on. Like, it's, it's We want to educate those people. Yeah. Like, fucking meet these people. Like, then you have somebody to cheer for. You have somebody to go hang out with. Like, you have more of a reason to keep going. Yeah. And, like, what what I was getting at, too, with, like, the production production value – like, you guys going to the racetrack, like White Mountain, for example, that was a great race, but if that was a shitty race, you guys were still in the grandstands. You guys had the fans so hyped up. Yeah, Trent was there. Yeah. 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 Trent Trent was right unhappy with us the fourth time he walked by. Yeah. He went behind the grandstands. <laughs> we were causing a scene. We literally met Trent that day. Yeah. Yeah. He also wanted stickers. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he the one that made us walk Which, around like seven no, miles yeah. at a quarter mile racetrack? That was Ben. Belgian, oh, that's right. Yeah, Bellingeois. Ben, Benny Bellingeois. <laughs> uh, same, same, same yeah. guy. Yeah, Oh, yeah. We just wa- happened to walk to go find Benny Bellingeois, and I yeah. think that we found a Trent Goodrow instead. Yeah. But uh, we like when I went to Stafford for the first time. I just boy, just keep injecting it into my veins. I want to keep yeah. going back. Like every Friday that I have free, yeah. Stafford. We're well, well uh, Lee. We're going to Lee and Stafford. The, Lee, Stafford, Bartlett Bridge. Those no, are our Friday nights we're going throughout Lee the year. And Stafford. I will be making Bartlett a trip Bridge. to Bartlett this year, you got and it. I'm gonna watch my man Nate Barth wheel and deal, <laughs> and that's gonna be it. But no, like, and the good thing about Stafford, and you can almost look into the future with this, is that Paul and David Arute, who are the grandsons of jack Aroot who started stafford uh or not started stafford but he turned it into really what it is today um 
they are just they're turning it up and it's like they're sticking with the social medias the you know edit videos every week just the stuff that people can be sitting at work school whatever it may be see this stuff and be like i'm freaking excited to go to stafford motor speedway this week the the coolest part to me about stafford is that they're they are a step ahead of everybody else as far as i'm concerned now you go to Stafford, and there's like the whole concourse behind the the grandstands. They have TVs set up everywhere, yeah. so that if you're in line to get a hot dog or a yeah. beer or whatever, you can still watch the race. Like that's literally the same shit that's gonna happen if you go to a Boston Bruins yeah. game. You're at the TD Garden. Now you're in line to get a, a a corn dog or twelve, like we would do at any any place, and you can still watch the game or the race or whatever. And the more that the track can promote their own product to the people who are already there, you're already that much more invested. And like you said, Bradley had never been there before. I had only been once. And we look at each other like, we got to come back all the time. Like, this is great. And the entertainment value is incredible because they keep you invested in the product the entire time. And there's no downtime. There's no... There's no fucking around in between the races. No. It's just like boom, 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 doom. I am, you know, I'm, I'm watching the whole time. I'm interested in what's going on. And if the race sucks, it sucks. It's whatever. Let's do the next one. And yeah. Boom, done. And that's the tough thing I think with short track racing too. You can't predict a race. Like no. you could go to a, 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 you know, a track in East Bumfuck, and they're gonna put on a hell of a show one week, and then you're gonna go back the next week, and they're gonna be single file. And that's the tough thing with short track racing is like, how do you market? something that you don't like you don't know what's going to happen do you watch do you watch other sports i watch hockey sometimes has every single hockey game you've watched been great no but i think the easier thing with hockey and sports like that is you only have two teams going up against each other right and it's the same division whereas short track racing you like stafford for example you go to stafford there's 40 sks uh 30 sk lights 30 street stocks 30 late models and they advertise every single division but what you have to remember is you have all these teams like how do you how do you market that it's a lot harder to market a short track because there's just so much going on like someone is just walking off the street like they're gonna see a street stock if they've never been to a race before they're gonna see a street stock and then they're gonna see an sk and they're gonna be like why are there so many different cars here right and that's what I think is the tough thing to do in short track racing nowadays. The, the hard part with the modified deal too, is that you're at Stafford. You've got, especially if there's a NASCAR is you got NASCAR mods, you got like the open mods, you have the, the, yeah. the crate mods like, and you're going through the pits. There's you're like, Oh my fuck. There's like a million of these things, but then they go out on the racetrack. They all look the same to the, you know, Joe Schmuckatelli off the street. That's never been to a race. And then you're like, well, well, what's the difference here? Yeah. Which that's hard to portray to the fan in the stands. Yeah. And that, that's a big problem sometimes. And Beechridge is even facing that. Or uh, you know, all these places that have like, you know, super late models, late models, but also have like a super streeter division. And the bodies to the the naked, untrained eye, they they look kind of the same. Yeah. And then they're like, why are you breaking this all up? And then you have to explain to them, you know, and th- that kind of gets lost in translation a lot, I think. Yeah, and, like, I think what makes it easier sometimes, too, with, like, the bigger races, like, a lot of people just say, oh, because it's the beginning of the year, the end of the year. But when you go to, like, a World Series, you have multiple different series. So all those series are doing their job marketing their division. Right. So you're taking 15 different series – and they're doing their job. So, you know, MRS, which is a modified series based out of New Hampshire, they're getting some of the New Hampshire people. ISMA's getting people out of Canada and Ohio and New York. And that's why when you go to, like, a World Series, it's you're packed elbow to elbow. Whereas, like, a weekly show at Stafford, 
you know, some weeks they pack the place, and some weeks it's dead. So Matt Swanson wins the Powerball. Yes. What racetrack are you buying? Wow. <clears throat> Put you on the spot. Yeah, you really did. If I had to buy a racetrack in the Northeast. Anywhere. Could be oh, anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere on the planet. Wow. <laughs> You're buying Loudon? That's, that's what Trent I mean, just a, said. A Trent, Trent's buying Loudon. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Do we need On to set planet? up a mic for Trent? Shut up. No. <laughs> World's biggest hazard, Trent yeah, Goodrell. The, the Harvard yeah. hazard. Trent Goodrell. Carver hazard. Oh, all right. The Carver. I'm, I'm Harvard. Oh, you're the Harvard hazard? All right. So he can be the Carver fucking carnage or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, the carnage of Carver. C. That's yeah. two C's right there. Yeah. It's hard to say. You building a new one? What are you doing? Honestly... I probably would build a new one. Okay. What's Be- it look like? Is it an oval? Is it a circle? Is it a tri-oval? How big is it? How small is it? I'd take Star Speedway. I'd make a spitting image of it, mm-hmm. and I'd put it in a center of Massachusetts. Okay. And what are the three biggest things that – so if you're taking Star, what are the three things that you would try to change with a, a fuckload of money to help make it into something – that you can just pack the place every single time. Not, I'm not saying that Bobby doesn't do a great job. That's no, not what I'm saying at all. Bobby, Star Speedway is fucking incredible. We yeah. love Star Speedway. But, you know, I love Beatridge too, but I, I there's always a change that could be made. So Strippers what, on the light poles in between each division. All right. Oh well, God, first yes, thing we're That do- was the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like you said, Bobby does such a great job with oh, Star yeah. Speedway. And, and like, he's, he's resurrected that place too. You yeah. know, Senior, senior had it, and yeah. then we had the weird uh, All-Star Speedway era. And then, which I <laughs> never really heard about all that until recently. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, little Bobby, I guess we could call him, gets it back, and you know, brings it back up to you know the, the you know the great place that it is. Has completely rebuilt the super mo- the three fifty super modified d- division in this entire area, and you know he does a great job. But what what do you what's the Matt Swanson touch on Star Speedway or yeah. the new Swanson Super Race Dome? I just love Star. That's yeah. why I'm taking that <laughs> yeah. racetrack. But um, no, I think. Like we were talking about what the Aroots are doing, and Star's even doing it now too, because Bobby has his daughter Jamie and yep. you know Timmy, and they're doing PR stuff pretty good, and they're hyping the place up. But again, like the Aroots are doing, you know, give yourself a slogan to where like the production value, yep. put the production value value behind it. You know, yeah, make sure the racetrack's nice, make sure everything, you know, tires, all that stuff's taken care of every week, so your racers are taken care of. Um, you know, one big thing I'd try and do, however, the concept would have to be to do it is drop ticket prices Yep. and star does a great job with that. You can go to star on a Saturday night and not spend, you, you know, was, 20- was cast at $5 to get in the grandstands. Yeah. Jennerstown. Yeah. Yeah. What was Jennerstown again? You pay for $5 for parking and then you get a ticket for the race. Yeah. Or yeah. something like that. Like, Wild. How yeah. can you beat that? Like, that's something you can literally, if you're driving by and you see, quarters sitting in your center console you can be like oh shit i'm going to jennerstown but yeah. th- that's the thing that a lot of these places don't get is that you have the stands yeah it costs you zero dollars for somebody to walk through the gate yep so even if you're getting five bucks that's cheaper than a movie yep. that's cheaper to, than any place to go out and eat you're getting the whole family in right yep. and then once everybody's there you're gonna sell hot dogs and hamburgers exactly. and t-shirts and this that the other thing and the more people you get there Booze. You can make money on everything else. You just got to get them there first. And they don't understand that when they're doing, yeah, it's 35 bucks. And everybody's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, you can't, and- you can't expect a 
mid-class, lowered mid-class family, family of three or four, to drop $150 just to get into the racetrack. You can't do that. Yeah. It just it, that's why, you know, people don't understand that shit. Yeah. And so first thing, like I said, production value just make sure there's, you know, hype with the racetrack. Second thing, like I said, cheaper tickets. That has to be something because like you said, someone that walks through the gate, chances are they're going right to a concession stand. Yeah. They're going somewhere. You'll make and, your money back, I promise. Yeah, exactly. And then my third thing is if I ever brought touring series divisions in, I'd shorten the races. Big okay. time. I think races nowadays are, especially asphalt races, are way too long. Stafford Motor Speedway, Friday night, SKs, 40 laps, and it's beating and banging and smashing, but it's clean at the same time. Like, you don't see... Those guys fucking get after it, too. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, it's just pure, just people carving each other up, and that's why staff that's another reason why stafford is so popular because the racing's so good you go to star every person you ask about star speedway the first thing they're gonna say is how good the racetrack is because it's just such a good racetrack you know the grips there the racing's good the 350s put on a hell of a show they have the classic every year um so yeah i definitely like at stafford for example the sizzler which is normally 200 laps. It's 150 laps this year. It's the first race at Stafford for the Wheel Modified Tour. That race used to be 80 laps. I think an 80-lap modified race is better than any 200, 250-lap race anywhere else on the country. It also leaves you wanting more, too. You don't want to overextend. Well, yeah, overextend your welcome almost. You know what I mean? Like. I love a, a long distance race. Like we have, and we, and we have races in place for that. You yep. have the snowball derby, Oxford. you have the Oxford 250, and those are great races. And they, and there's a reason that those are great races. But when you're doing, like you said, a weekly show, and and my biggest thing, what I have always said is every single racetrack, if it's possible, you have to have at least one touring series there every single race on your yeah. schedule. That one gets extra different people there. That then promotes your racetrack, which then the word's going to spread for when the next touring series comes around. Boom. Oh, shit. We just heard it was a great race with the, yep. you know, whatever the, you know, past Super Late models. Let's go watch the Modifieds this week. And Thanks. it gives you a new niche every week, and it gives you something to look forward to, like I said. But on a weekly deal, you don't want to overextend your welcome for those particular events because I love a Modified. I don't want to watch 200 laps of Modified racing at Beatridge, though. Thanks. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And the other thing that I wish like racetracks would do a better job of is just working together. Like yeah. we're all here to do the same thing. We're yeah. all here Foolish. to put on a show for people that walk through our gate and spend their money at our facility. And then we're there to put the racers are there to put on that show and, you know, walk out of there with the check trophy bragging rights, whatever it may be. So why are we all, you know, we don't need to have 700 races in the Northeast every year because there's not enough people that like racing to do it. So, you know, but I, I, I think that you, you, you are correct where maybe we don't have enough people that like it, but there's also so much untapped potential for people that could love it. Exactly. That don't even know about it. Yeah. You know, we, we are in Scarborough, Maine right now, home of Beatridge Motor Speedway, literally a couple miles down the road. I went to high school with people, and I went to Scarborough schools K through 12. Yep. And there are people I went to school with in Scarborough that did not even know the racetrack existed. Yep. Who knows out of, you know, even if you get one, yeah. that's that's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars over a long-term, you know, 
love for racing. Yep. And you just got to hook one at a time. And the more you do that, the more people you're there. And then we can rebuild this. No problem. Exactly. But but the the cutthroat bullshit of, uh, you know, you know, we're trying to keep our own cars, this, that, the other thing. We don't want our guys racing other places. It's like, that was great in the 90s when you had 100 race cars yeah. per division. Exactly. That's fantastic, and I understand that mindset. We no longer have 100 race cars per division. Uh, now, 20 cars in a race, that's a good field. Yep. You know, you're pumped if you have over 20. It, it used to be you know, the limited sportsmen at Beatridge, they'd have over 100 cars show up, and you know, 60 of them would go home. You know, that's just the way it was. The point leader wouldn't even make the show sometimes. Exactly. We don't have that anymore, but there's no reason why we can't build that back up and create the interest. And another thing, too, is that it's just too fucking expensive, yeah, period. That's but, what I was going to say is, like, racing, it, it's not cheap. No. You know, you're putting money, whether you race a go-kart or you race a Isma Super Modified, whatever it is, it's expensive. Yes. Racing is not a cheap sport, and that's kind of comes back to my point of shortening these races. Like, in a tour car, on the Wheel Modified Tour, the end of our seasons, you, I mean, the whole season, you burn your stuff up. You know, it, it 150 lap race, if you're riding around half the race to save your stuff for the end of the race, you're just throwing money out the window. Mm-hmm. Granted, racing, you're always throwing money out the window. Yeah, it, it, it's it not is, a profitable investment 99% of the time. No, but I think, personally, I think if the races were shorter... You know, you regulated costs a lot. I think you could kind of make it what it used to be in the sense of you could, you know, walk out of there with 500 bucks, 1000 bucks. I think the biggest thing is tires. Yes. Honestly, tires, 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 tires. And you've got companies like you got Hoosier and, and kind of American Racer. But Hoosier right now has the monopoly yeah. on short track racing. They have the monopoly on all things race car tires. Yep. And there is no reason in my head that they can't produce, no matter what the division is, You, there's no reason why they can't produce a durable tire. There is absolutely no reason that teams for, like, the Oxford 250 and shit like that have to go and buy 20 sets of fucking tires. Yeah. That is outrageous. If you're having tire bills over, you know, $10,000 and shit like that for literally one race, yeah. that is absurd. And then you wonder why teams can't show up. Yep. Take take Old Blue, for instance, right? The three-car in the Modified Series. That started off as a car that probably had a roll cage built that was wrapped around a tree or something. Oh, yeah. And they threw a body on it and said, yeah. let's go fucking racing. They used to keep the cars outside. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> you just literally no. can't do that. No. It, I think part of the reason why you can't do that is because who, like, for example, I own a Lamborghini. I'm not leaving it outside in a freaking snowstorm. Right. It's the same thing. Yep. Like, we build our race cars because they're our children, pretty much. Yes. I, my race cars are my children. I love them to death. <laughs> I have a very good relationship <laughs> with all my race cars. You, you cry when you wreck them. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a problem, and I understand you that. Got to pay like, child support. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going to the races is child support, yes. <laughs> no, but, like, back then, you could build a coupe for... I don't even know how much it would be because it was yeah. so long ago, but way before my lifetime. But you were – it was just a different time where it, it wasn't such a high-maintenance thing. Right. Like, you raced because it was fun. Everyone liked doing it, and it was just a good time, and you could make some money doing it. Take take even a street stock or a Wildcat or whatever you want to call it. That's a 1985, you know, G-body, you know, with a cage in it. Yep. 1990 – 
a wildcat or a street stock was literally that car off the street. You blow the windows out of it. You put a four point cage on it and maybe a seat. Yeah. It's what the you, howler and is you now. race and you race that same exact division exists today where they are now full blown stripped down chassis or you know, frames or whatever built to be a race car. And people are spending $30,000 on a fucking street stock. Yep, it's like you have to protect us from ourselves because I promise, if there's no rule for it or exactly whatever, I I will I will buy it yeah. or I will build it or exactly. do whatever. Exactly. So I don't know. Maybe I'm talking too much, Bradley. No, no I, I I'm just listening. I'm just a fan <laughs> this week, actually. <laughs> uh, no, like you sound I, like you're struggling a little. Well, bit, no, right? I I just. No, no, you like, guys are you guys are making sick. terrific no, points. No, like you look sick. Oh, I look. Thank you, thank you. Actually, I really appreciate that. Um, I keep looking over to make sure Brad's yeah, like. like not, we're just making sure you're wet. Like you feel well. Oh my god, I <laughs> I haven't felt well in years. <laughs> oh, honey. No, I think that like I honestly I had something to say and it was so long ago that I just have been just sitting here watching Kevin Harvick on the television. Um, but it. Like the going back all the way to even when we started this conversation, kind of after like I my last little weird tirade that I probably had, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, we were talking about like just I don't know advertising, basically the, like getting people to racetrack, obviously. And in you know we're a, a couple of idiots here, and yeah. uh, we we always say just come for the races, stay for the people. And I think that I was just thinking like Stafford is really the only i mean like so every every racetrack has their people right but stafford just it, it's just like a different maybe it's because they race fridays maybe it's because you know just the the group of people that race there it's like it's just when we went there for the first time i was like holy fuck like this i want to do this and i want to do this every week and, and there's there's places like there's racetracks that i i'll go to and then i'm not itching to go back you know the next next week and i think it's just stafford and the people that that race there and you know just show up to the races it, it's next like next level it's like yeah. nothing else basically and i think that we just need to i don't know that, that's kind of what we're trying to do yeah. people, people getting, need to take a getting a people out of the yeah. getting people to race because like and in, in, i was thinking about that on the same lines as like when you're talking about the long distance races and shit it's like if you have a 200 lap race it's, it's going to be boring at some point like yeah, easily yeah so and and if someone watches a 200 lap race the next week they're going to be like well i watched 200 laps of that last week so why would i go watch 40 of it this week or whatever yeah, you know exactly it's the, the same exact thing so i think that if you keep people just you have to keep people interested and then not only that you have to have a party after that's yeah. just my two two cents you know? yeah you, I mean, have to get, you have to have a rager every night perfect yeah. example for that oxford 250 what was the oxford 250 10 years ago you had the fire pit exactly you had, you had a zillion people there you had cops showing up you had you know you yeah. everybody's causing a scene yeah and, and now you pull into the Ox- you pull into Oxford on 250 weekend and you can actually find a place to park. Yeah. Like that was unheard of 10 15 years ago. Yeah. Like when my dad would always tell me when they would use when we used to go it was unreal like you could literally reach out your camper window and knock on <laughs> your camping neighbor's buddy's window and be like, "Hey, Got a water. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Beach Ridge was plates. the same way with the the past four hundred weekend. You had, you know, a three hundred lap super late model race. You had a hundred lap sportsman race. You had a hundred lap modified race. You know, seventy five lap wildcat race. This that, and it, it was a show. Like you, you, there was all sorts of racing to be had, and um, it was one of those things where even if you weren't, you know, paying attention, you know, there was racing in the background, yep. and that just creates the atmosphere that everybody wants to go to. Those events, like they're 
especially when it's something like the past 300, like it happens once a year and pe- whether people know about it or not, they're going to find out about it and they're going to be like, this is an event and I'm going yeah. to this event. Like I had friends that wouldn't show up to Beatridge the entire year. Last last race of the season, whatever, they'll, they're, they're going to be there. They show up and then you get them hooked and maybe they're going to keep coming back next year. They're going to come back every single week. And it's like I'd, I've, I've come to the – like obviously I raced for a fucking cup of coffee and I don't care if I race ever again. I really don't. Like I just – I like going to the racetrack. I've always liked going to the racetrack. I like bringing my friends to the racetrack that don't usually go to the racetrack to be like, this is sick. Yeah. Like I when I brought my friend – I brought like three or four friends to Hudson this year that had never been, been to Hudson, never seen Hudson, and they walked in and they're like – dude, this place is fucking badass. And I was like, yeah, like, (laughs) and like, I I was thinking about it. I was like, this is, it's crazy to think, I think even two or three years ago, I'd probably been in the pits before I raced. I'd probably been in the pits five times or less at any racetrack ever. And I, then I raced, obviously was in the pits every Thursday, started going Saturdays every once in a while. But I would just, I had a group of friends every Saturday. We knew around three o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to meet in the parking lot of Beechridge. We're going to get drunk and we're going to watch the races. And then, we're going to fucking go hang out somewhere else after that or whatever, but we're going to go to the races. We're going to get there early and we're going to have a good time. It was just an event to go to. And and that's, I'm, I'm completely like content with just showing up and watching race cars and just being belligerent. And like the problem with me is like, I don't like the people in this room will disagree, but like, I don't like drawing attention to myself. (laughs) Don't look at the mullet disregard that where the every time you point a race car down well that's away. that's what i'm saying that, though is like or what, like or yelling at trend nothing like a little liquid courage to get the day started you know like because i i have social anxiety like you read about i'm getting clammy just thinking about my social anxiety <laughs> if we're being honest and like but you, you get a little bit of alcohol in me and we're gonna have a good time like the scene that we caused at white mountain i would have never done that never in a million years but, but you're also that. around all your but, friends but then i got to yeah. the point where i'm like standing there and we had like 15 people that we knew and then I'm like, I don't know any of these other people, so why do I care what they think? And so yeah. we're literally standing up every time Trent goes by. We met Trent 15 minutes prior, yeah. and we're like, ah, the baby Trent, hey, hey. <laughs> The whole crowd gets up, like the fucking waves coming around. Yeah. And like, the, what were we doing? I don't know. And there's no, probably people that were around us that were like, these fucking idiots just need to not be here. <laughs> but there was, like for the, mo- the majority of them were cheering with us. They didn't know Trent. We didn't even know Trent, yeah. and we're just having a good time. Well, even and, if you go back to the video of of, of Swanee's interview there on the French, oh yeah, you hear in the background the whole crowd goes yeah. that pops wild. Off. Yeah, I was like, I don't Charlie and I are pretty loud, but we're not that loud. <laughs> we are not forty people strong no. in one section. We ju- we just we, but you had have a good probably a hundred people hooting and hollering at White Mountain because oh, yeah. you guys just. Like, cause, cause the scene exactly yeah. <laughs> dude like some people find us funny i, I guess i don't get it <laughs> i don't get it at all um, i find myself yeah. funny for whatever that's worth i like the come come for the racing stay for the people i like yeah i think that you might have said that a long time ago uh, it could be some idiots on a podcast uh, said yeah. that once i heard um but yeah no it's that's it's literally what it is and it's it's a big family it's a traveling circus and... come on the race cars come on the people whatever yeah. whatever so, the, whatever this saying was i already forgot <laughs> it you know <laughs> you get it <laughs> oh fuck so so looking forward it is 2021 hopefully we're on the tail end of this covid nonsense um what what's the plan what what's the matt swanson plan what's the what's the immediate plan what's the immediate future what's the five-year plan what's the 10-year plan what are you doing um realistically i've always just gone year by year with my racing deal um just because anything can happen um you know one day you can wake up and you know modifieds won't be a thing anymore it god forbid that ever happened but um 
you know, this year um, we're going to kind of switch it up a little bit. I think a lot of people got kind of thrown for a loop um, when the schedule got released because the when you think of the bowler number three, you think of the NASCAR wheel modified tour. Um, and, you know, just really we just want to go out and try some new stuff this year um, as a single team. Uh, you know, we're going to go run those six outlaw modified shows of Thompson, um, in preparation for the Thompson 300, which is coming back this year, which is to a modified diehard modified guy. That's like <laughs> right like this, <laughs> right about. like this. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're going to do the tri-track stuff. That series is just, they're, they're doing a lot with the tri-track deal there. Um, Ed Bennett and, uh, Wayne Darling, they're really building that deal up and making it something where you know your top tier tour guy can come and show up and your local guy from Mahoning Valley that runs on a quarter mile circle every week can show up and still be competitive and you're not spending a crap ton of money you can show up with pretty much whatever you want I've raced against an SK Light and tri-track uh Ben Byrne at Monadnock shows up with a crate car and has not finished off off the podium every time he's raced with us but um you know i'm really looking forward to that deal we're still going to run the wheel modified tour um just as of right now we really don't think we're going to run the whole thing we're going to kind of just take where our race car shop is and draw a two and a half hour loop around it and any modified race in that circle we're going to be there um so i'm really looking forward to it um we're kind of taking this year we're going to have um our cars each car is going to have a designated place to go before the season even starts and if that car gets tore up, that's our focus rather than, you know, leaving a wrecked car at the race car shop yep. and then going out and wrecking, wrecking another, another one. Yeah. And then you're just, you're screwed. So, um, you know, we're, we're making sure that this year we show up to the racetrack. We have our best stuff at the racetrack rather than worrying about points. Um, you know, this year we're going for wins and hopefully we can rack some up and, you know, keep old blue going. Points racing is not fun. I, it is not fun at all. It just kind of over the years, it just kind of became like when I raced quarter midgets and stuff, championships were like, you just won a championship. It was like, whatever. Um, you know, when you went out to the grands nationals though, that was like, holy crap. I just beat 400 people. I, I think that the, the newest model should be, and Andy Austin spoke about this a little bit too, where championships were something to bring the same cars back to your racetrack every week. That was something that, you know, you, you have an end goal to win the championship, but I think that championship weekends should be the new model. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, say you have a, you know, a triple crown event over one weekend, yep. you make points over that. You're now the, you know, Thompson triple crown yeah. champion, whatever that that is probably the maybe the new market where you know you're going to capture people's attention and you don't want to again overstay your welcome a little bit yeah. and then get the event done boom done and then you that's yeah. what it is and again i i kind of keep bringing up stafford but like i said i really think what paul and david Aroot are doing down there is just unbelievable but like like you just said they're doing a instead of like three years ago or it was actually pre-covid they did it this year because of covid um prior to this year it was when the fall final came around every champion got crowned it was what it was but everyone was there to watch the wheel modified tour so it kind of, it it almost sucked because it took away from the champions it didn't give them the spotlight that they deserved right 
you know, to win a championship at a racetrack, it's not easy. You got to be there every week consistently up front. Like I'm not taking away from people that points race, you know, it's just as hard to points. Oh yeah. I mean, look at Doug Kobe, six or seven time champion. I don't even remember now, which is wild. Unbelievable. That shows longevity and just like you said, consistency across the board. Unbelievable. But if you look at his career stats, he's been racing on the tour for so many years and just now six years ago or, or probably eight years ago now winning his first championship. Like that guy put his work in. That guy did not he never gave up. Justin Bonsignor, same thing. Like you gotta put the work in to be a champion. And but anyways, back to Stafford. Um, like they started doing this year, they had a champion night, weekly NASCAR weekly series champion night. Everyone that showed up there, they had a championship ceremony on the front stretch, like almost like a beach stretch thing. Yep. Pulled every car out on the front stretch that won the championship, and the fans got to go out and hang out with them. How can you beat that? Huh? Like, that's what they deserve. They spend all this money. They take away this time from their family. They take time off of work to come support you, and Stafford's doing a good job of making sure that they get the recognition for it. Things you love to see, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you have anything, Brad? Nope. No? Nope. I'm just... I'm... Brad, do you want me to get, some, like, some tape? To... Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, Ricky Rod action for the podcast, you know. Has, well, it, has, has, has this been one hundred and five? Yeah. Yeah. Do we I can't know, feel my feet. Do we know an and I don't know if it's an alcohol problem. Oh five zero five. Ooh, that was Cassett fella. Um, John Rex Weekly was no, an 05, pink, wasn't it? The pink car. Oh, what's that guy's name? I can picture him. He literally could be. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on here. See, every week when you guys do the cars, I just Google race car with number blank. Yeah. And that's what I go off of. At least you knew what we were doing on our oh, Instagram last thing posts. Oh, last thing I Googled, Beyblades near me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Best Buy apparently sells Beyblades according to Matt's Google search, which yeah. is electric. Absolutely. Yeah. Do they, make... they sell electric. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I got to investor bait. <laughs> investor bait? What'd you say? Yeah. All right, so this has been 105, right? Yeah. Thank you for coming up, pal. Nah, we've had a we've had a weekend. I appreciate we, we, it. We've had an experience. Yeah, I, I appreciate <laughs> Some it. Stories have been made. It's been a long time coming, but like I said, really cool. Ha- happy see. recent birthday. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> now, but, now that you can come hang out and party and do stuff with us, but yeah, but um, like I like I was saying though, really cool to see what you guys have done with this. Um, we were talking about Brad. Here we go again. <laughs> it, no god, it's really cool to see like what you guys have been doing with this, like all your, all the stuff you guys are doing with Noah now, like reaching out to the NASCAR world, you know, being in the big three series, talking to drivers with that. And literally we met you guys at star speedway and now, now you guys are modified fans and now you're hanging out with Xfinity drivers and you're leaving all us Connecticut people in the dust. <laughs> we're, we're, See, we, we, we never want anybody to think top. that because you know, obviously, you're here too. We, you know, we every it's one big happy weird family that racing in general is. We all have something in common. We all have something to talk about. There's always a story to be told or had or share or whatever or make, uh, which hopefully there's an ass load of stories to make here in the future. But, oh my god, yeah. Um, well, like it's it. We we released our schedule like uh, you know what we're trying to do this year and it's it's aggressive it's aggressive, <laughs> it's, aggressive. <laughs> it's aggressive like you were saying like earlier about the, the waking up at four to go to fucking riverhead it's like oh we're gonna be dead by 40 but oh, we're gonna yeah. have 
a good time while we're here. <laughs> like it's just we're getting like two hours of sleep and just getting back after it. You know, I, I, a good time, I, not a long. I time. hate yeah. the I hate the whole YOLO thing, but you literally only have one shot at all of this, no, or like one opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You get it to seize like literally everything <laughs> you've ever wanted. So, yeah, and like uh, and you might as well just do it because like probably gonna seize up anyways at yeah. some point with the lack of sleep. You know, <laughs> just like on one of the drives somewhere. Brad's gonna start doing the point on the front stretch and like halfway just there, drop halfway there. He's gonna be like. Eh. Locked up. Gonna be, he's, gonna, he's gonna like fall forward on the fence, and nobody's gonna realize that he's dead. I'm gonna just have my finger up in the air before I can even point them in the right direction, and I'm gonna fall flat on my face. And the drivers are probably just gonna go straight into the wall. You know? They're gonna have no idea where to go. You're gonna you're gonna bring out the red because they're gonna need the ambulance oh, on the yeah. fucking grandstands. <laughs> You'll but have yeah, that it's been a, it's been a weird jumps. ride. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, I was thinking. Hopefully, it's only the uh, the very beginning of it too. I was thinking even like a, a year ago. Right now, we didn't even know Matt Swanson. No, we didn't know Trent Goodrow. Didn't know a Cassidy Griffith. Yeah, she's like the other one that they brought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a weird life we live, but yeah. very you know, hashtag blessed, hashtag grateful, hashtag whatever, hashtag Jesus, all that stuff. That's so. a lot of hashtags. <laughs> that is aggressive. You get it, but uh, you know no. it's an audio program. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, no, it's so click those hashtags and just let us know you find. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been weird, but hopefully it only gets weirder. It's and, been weird, uh, it's been fun, but it's been pretty weird fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been 105. Uh, the the uh, Wiscasset car, I know for a fact that's Pink. I can't remember his name. I've talked to him several times. Wicked nice guy. Apparently uh, you guys are good friends. John Re- John John Rex Weekly. Um, yep. I don't know. Uh, I'm Charlie. You're Brad. You're Matt. Thanks for coming out. I'm sure it won't be the last time we do nah. this. So. Uh, listen to uh, Scene Foster and uh, a, a nice little race car noise. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.